what are your qualifications? Ah, well, I attended Juilliard. I'm a graduate of the Harvard Business School. I travel quite extensively. I lived through the Black Plague, and I had a pretty good time during that. I've seen The Exorcist about 167 times, and it keeps getting funnier every single time I see it. Not to mention the fact that you're talking to a dead guy. Now, what do you think? You think I'm qualified? Thank you for downloading this miniature Blokebusters podcast, where it's just Paul this time. The reason that this is coming out is that we weren't able to record our regularly scheduled podcast and we wanted to get something out. So I decided to record something about a old film that I recently watched. The film in question is Beetlejuice, the 1988 Tim Burton film starring Alec Baldwin as Adam Maitland and Gina Davis as Barbara Maitland, Winona Ryder as Lydia Dietz and Michael Keaton as the title character Beetlejuice. One odd thing about this film is that the spelling of the name of the film is not the spelling of the main character or rather the character that the film is named after. It's a phonetic spelling mainly because as the two dead characters, Adam and Barbara, figure out it's actually not immediately apparent how to pronounce the name. The name in the film is spelled B-E-T-E-L-G-E-U-S-E, whereas the name of the film is Beetlejuice, spelled the way you would think it was spelled. Now, this film was made with a budget of $15 million and grossed $73.7 million at the box office. And I'm sure it's doing even better now that it's on DVD, Blu-ray and everything. The film is a total of 92 minutes, which is actually shorter than I remembered it being, and Beetlejuice is only on screen for a total of 18 minutes of that. So it's one of those films where you're a little bit surprised that the character that the film is named after is barely in it. The very basic plot of the film is that the first two people you see, Adam and Barbara, have just sort of moved into the house and they're doing it up. They finally pretty much finish the way that they like it and die in a car accident. And when they get back to the house, even though they don't remember how, they realise that they are in fact dead and go to the waiting room in the afterlife to get a little bit of help. By the time they come back, people are moving into their house and they're basically stuck, not being able to get them out, at which point we are introduced to Beetlejuice, played, as I said, by the wonderful Michael Keaton. And he tells them that he can get them out. But Barbara decides, no, we're going to do this ourselves, we don't need him. And then they try to get them out. And of course, it doesn't work in the slightest. In fact, what actually happens is that people that are trying to get out decide, this is brilliant, we can market this. So they're you know, stuck, basically. However, unfortunately for them, one of the people manage to get a hold of the handbook for the recently deceased and decides to summon them in a seance which starts to go wrong because they have in fact performed an exorcism at which point Lydia played by Winona Ryder as I said decides to summon Beetlejuice to save them and all hell breaks loose basically and it's a joint effort from the dead and the living to free Lydia from the clutches of Beetlejuice and get him sent back to the afterlife. And then the end of the film has them um, 
living together in the same house in somewhat harmony, whereas Beetlejuice gets his comeuppance by having his head shrunk by a witch doctor in the waking of the afterlife. And this film, I saw it on TV recently, and it made me realise how much I actually liked it. I remembered watching it when I was younger, but maybe not getting all of it, and getting the chance to rewatch it now, especially after I haven't seen other Tim Burton films, it's really reaffirmed my love of the original Tim Burton films. I mean, I also recently saw Edward Scissorhands, which was a very good film, and something that showed Johnny Depp can do a lot with a character that doesn't have much to say. And I just wanted to talk about this film because I was thinking there are people out there who will never even have heard of this film. There are people who might have seen the recent Tim Burton films and not know too much about his back catalogue. And I'm sure that we will talk about Tim Burton's back catalogue in a future podcast, but I just wanted to mention this film in particular, not only because it's fairly close to Halloween right now, it is the 26th of October, for anyone that cares to know, but also because I watched it and thought, okay, I just want to have a little bit to say about it. And the look of this film is fantastic. There's some really good set design. The tone of the film, again, very, very much a Tim Burton style. A lot of dark colours, but uh, very sort of pastel. Very much sort of using one set colour to mean one thing and a couple of other colours for different areas of the film. Like the afterlife has a very sort of green and washed out feel to it. Whereas the house that you saw in the beginning of the film is white on the outside, very sort of soft colours. And then the house when it's been redone by the new owners is very much... Again, quite dark, but complete stark contrast to the house at the beginning of the film, which makes you feel like it's not much of a home. It's really a project for the mother of the character, Lydia, or stepmother, I should say. And the music for the film done by Danny Elfman, and I think this is actually one of, if not the first, film that Danny Elfman worked with Tim Burton in. The only two films that he hasn't worked with since then being Sweeney Todd and I'm not sure what the other film is but I'm sure that I will look it up and remind you guys that I can remember on the next podcast. Now I will very quickly give my rating for this film. I thought about it and I ended up giving it a minus 4.5. Now given that I've just been saying that I really like this film I bet you're probably surprised that I gave it as low a rating as that. I do feel that there are several layers of the film where it kind of felt like a drag a little bit, and even though it's only nice two minutes, there were a couple of areas where it seemed like it was just a bit slow-paced, and a couple of the characters, for me, fell a little bit flat, but on the whole, I would heartily recommend this film to anyone who's a fan of Tim Burton, because obviously it's a Tim Burton film. To anyone who's a fan of early Winona Ryder, this is a very good example of her work. Michael Keaton is just fantastic as Beetlejuice, and it's actually because of this film that he was Batman in the Tim Burton films. And, I mean, there's just there's a couple of really good scenes in it that just showcase 
Tim Burton at his finest. This film is also the reason why the, the song Deo just makes me laugh every time I hear it because I just keep thinking about the scenes in Beetlejuice where it's featured prominently. I do apologise for the sound of my voice and any coughing that may end up in the final edit of this podcast. Uh, I've been feeling a little unwell as has my usual co-host, which is the reason that the podcast didn't get recorded on schedule. However, the next podcast will be coming soon and will be about the film Looper, so look forward to that one. I'm sure we'll have a lot to say about it. I will also be asking my co-host to give a little bit of a review of Beetlejuice as well, just so you can get his rating of it and anything that he might want to bring up quickly that I've either missed or that he would have touched on. I'm sure there are plenty, but I just wanted this to be a quick one. I will also be using as the outro to this the music from the cartoon series, which I remember enjoying quite a bit. I haven't had the chance to rewatch that. But just as a quick review of the TV series, it's actually basically doing the thing of it's taking the premise of Beetlejuice and then run with it in entirely a different direction. But it, you know, it's basically just based around the idea of Beetlejuice in as much as there is a character called Beetlejuice and there is a character called Lydia and her parents are in it and then that's pretty much it. Adam and Barbara are nowhere to be seen. The parents are barely in it at all. And Beetlejuice and Lydia are in fact best friends and she constantly goes to the afterlife to spend time with them. And of course they get on wacky hijinks and there's a couple of catchphrases taken straight from the film that feature prominently. There's of course, it's showtime! Normally sort of yelled out in triumph, which is a bit of an odd triumphy yell, but whatever. And I'm going to say that one for later, which in the film is taken from Beetlejuice blowing his nose and deciding to leave part of it for later. Whereas in the TV show it's basically him normally finding a beetle, putting it in his pocket and then eating it later off screen. Using the usual reaction of disgust from Lydia or other characters. So you can get in your head this image of something horrific happening even though it's only seen by the characters on screen rather than you. And the TV series itself, it was a cartoon, it was, I believe, in England at least, it was sort of Saturday morning, I don't think it was GMTV or something, which won't mean anything to American viewers, but you know, the, the equivalent of 6 to 11am on a Saturday morning, whatever that would be, the Today Show, I guess. In England it's normally a mix of news and then kids TV shows and then the other odd TV show here and there interspersed with more news and weather. It's a bit of an odd mix of programming. I think they've changed it up a little bit now but that's what it used to be and I would probably give it something in the range of, again this is, I haven't watched it recently but I think it would probably be in the range of somewhere between minus nine to minus six something in that range like it wasn't awful if you were a fan of the film and wanted more of the same you were going to be disappointed however if you just wanted more of Beetlejuice and you didn't care about the rest of it then worth a watch 
and then after an episode or two you can make up your own mind as to whether or not you're going to keep watching it. Unfortunately, I doubt it's on Netflix. That would be great, but maybe some point in the future. Now, these mini-podcasts are possibly going to be a staple. I mean, if we're not able to record a normal podcast for whatever reason, then one or both of us might record a little something like this, probably anywhere from 10 minutes to 20 minutes of us just talking about a particular film or whatever happens to be out at the time. And it will not be scheduled mainly because we'd rather be giving out the full-length podcast but we just want to have sort of a schedule of every two weeks or something along those lines and if we can't give you the full podcast and we want to give you something so you know from time to time these might pop up or if there's something that one of us particularly wants to talk about and the other one isn't able to then we might record them and put them out as sort of a middle of the week random thing or just a little extra to the full podcast well i've been paul and thank you very much for listening to my short review of the Beetlejuice film and even shorter review of the TV series and I hope that you guys will be listening to us talking to you about Looper very soon and remember say it once say it twice third time's a charm <laughs>